Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about bits of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. We are doing a very special episode today. We've got the Tall Tales family here to cover something very important. It's very, very important. Very important skins. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry, I'm holding my Cleary. face in my hands. So Andrea Cleary's here at Media Column is here. Yeah. I think we should start by saying what age we were in, <laughs> in January 2007. Um... In January 2007, I was um, 16. Okay. I was 16. Yeah. I was 22. I was 19. I was 14. Okay. Okay. So we're all meeting the horrifying, uh, brutalist emotional landscape yeah. of skins at different and pivotal points in our lives. Yeah. And these are all points that none of us would want to go back to. Never, no, I think no. 22 is just as horrible as 14. Yeah. That's, the, yeah so yeah, I didn't yeah. watch Skins at the time, right? We'll get that out of the way. I didn't watch yeah. it for the first time for this. And I remember watching the start of the first episode in Carlan's, um like college shared house. And we were like, these people are so young and Tony is hateful. We're not going to watch this. Fuck it. <laughs> and now watching it back now, as a 37 year old, I was like, we were not that far away from these people. Mm-hmm. As we thought. We were mm-hmm. still those people at yeah. 22. There's like, I think that I, so my theory of it is, um, if you had a smartphone, if you had a phone as a teenager, but you were an adult by the time smartphones came out, you are skins. OG one group. That's, if you, if the there generation. is a Nokia 3210 in your past, yes. that is part of your, it's part of your generational rhetoric. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, either you were touched by it or the specter of it touched you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you don't know that Skins was happening, it was still happening to you. I feel like it was my growing up. Like I oh, remember yeah. watching it, like snippets, you know, like you're like, I said it to my friends last night, we were out for a few drinks and the girls were like, oh, like. I just remember, like, it was a thing you turned off when your parents came in the room. Oh, okay. Because it was so vivid and wild. But I remember watching it and being like, this can't be real. Oh. Like, I was, like, that 14-year-old who, like, loved school. I was doing my homework. I was going home. I was, like, hanging out with my friends. I was not getting up to anything nefarious. <laughs> and I was like, this is ridiculous. No one lives like this. Oh, man. And also what I took away from it, because what I took away from it is that they were like doing drugs and having sex all the time. And then watching it back, I was like, their lives are traumatic. No wonder they're doing drugs. Mm-hmm. I'd be doing drugs too. Like it's a bad, it's a bad situation for for everybody. But I think if you're at a, if you're at a certain age, it grips you because you can see threads of your own life in it, but it's not a complete mirror. Mm. There's, deeply familiar aspects to in in all of the wide cast it's an ensemble drama Mm -hmm. um you can see little fractals of yourself in everyone's lives and enough of them to be like oh that could that could just be that that's close that's just like me you know well i was so i was 16 and in the first episode of skins the plot of the first episode of skins is we need to get sid laid because he's 16 going on 17 baby it's you're on the brink um and tony was this you know like we meet tony and his whole the the way that you meet all of the characters initially is he's ringing up everybody which is a brilliant way to introduce Mm -hmm. the cast is uh, all of them in their own lives and you get to see little bits of their lives and he's ringing around and he's trying to get sid laid because it would be embarrassing for him to be 17 and still a virgin and i was 16 and a virgin (laughs) and I was like oh right okay cool cool grant noted um good to have that info (laughs) let's get out thanks Tony good to have that info cheers tone um and I mean I, I didn't I didn't genuinely take that to heart because I do think that that is a good example of like 
you know, the pr- pressure that is more on boys of that age than girls of that age. But even like when we first meet Michelle, who mm. is the like sex pot character, it, it is wild to think now when you look at her because she is like with all the best will in the world, the most like ordinary teenage looking girl. Ah, yeah, you just, can see the moose in her hair. Just like, like Jesus Christ, just a teenage girl with a bit of lipstick on her. Yeah, but she's quite symmetrical. She's a lovely looking bird. Lovely but she's looking, a child. She's a baby. She's a child. Yeah, yeah. She's a child. No, they're children. Yeah, it's, it's, and so you meet, you meet her, and she's meant to be this sex pot character, and she's so Tony calls her Nips. Nips. That's exactly it. Astounding. Like, Unbelievable. Just, the worst. She's so used to having her body looked at by somebody else that she's in a relationship with somebody who makes fun of her nipples. Yeah. And that idea, I, I was like, no one has seen me. No yeah. one is aware. Like, what if I get called nips? Oh what if that, beca- that, that is what will become what of this me? this is yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. guy? Like, what if this is it? And yeah, and then you meet our, our cast of characters, I suppose. And... They're all such beautiful little babies, and I want to take care of them. Like faces, I. Mm. The first night that I sat down to watch it, uh, my roommate had a friend visiting from New York, and he walked into our house to meet me, and I had a large glass of red wine watching Skins. Love that. (laughs) He was like, "We're gonna get on." I was like sitting there, just like mouth open, being like, "Look at them! Yeah, they look like my cousins." Yeah. And I thought they were cool and oh. sophisticated, not sophisticated, but like, oh, they, they were a few years old. They, yeah. Yeah. they yeah. were like living their lives, and like, I just was like, and I love how every character has their own episode, and then everyone I love that because it is that's what makes it so relatable. Because you're like, oh, this is what it's like when you're living in your head, and then everyone else is just kind of like crossing through mm. the design of the, the narrative design of the series is fucking excellent that's it's why brilliant. people still I mean like we're still talking about it because this is what we do but in general it is a show that people refer to structurally because it shows it comes at everyone from a different angle it's really brilliantly mm. it's nuts and we can laugh at it in some ways but it's also a marvellous piece of writing in terms of showing an ensemble and showing the depths of a social group. I yeah. didn't realise that Simon Amstel was a writer I on didn't it. know that either. Yeah. Yeah. Until I saw in the credits. He wrote the Rush episode. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Like, oh, that's very intriguing. Well, so, mm. Something I love about that kind of, the, the way that they structured the narrative is, I, I think what struck me about Skins at that age, being 16, I was, I've, I've actually talked about this on Juvenalia before, but I was really obsessed with like American, especially like high school kind of things like Sabrina the Teenage Witch anything to do in American high schools and what I loved about American high school stuff was that there were cliques and you could find your people but then as I got a bit older and started thinking about like how relationships and friendships form skins arrived and you see that these this is a group that like across the group transcends class like race background like there's no real thing that ties this group of people together. The accident of living beside each other. Yeah, the accident of the neighborhood. Like when you're when you're 16, yeah. you, your friends are the people who you sat beside in, in school. school. Yeah. Mine still are. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but for me, I grew up in a housing estate in a in a pocket of housing estates in the north side where literally what happened was a bunch of young people who were about to start families moved into these estates and all had children at the same time mm. in these windows of seven or four years so I looked around me I could look around me at any given point there'd be 40 people living in my neighbourhood who were my age or one year younger or older than me and then there'd be 40 people who were seven years older than yeah. me do you know and nobody really had anything in common except that we were all neighbours and the housing estate up the road had the same thing and the housing estate up the other road had the same thing mm. and you had these 
enormous interlinked social groups who were webbed together by schools and crucially house parties yeah and that's how everyone in my postcode knew one another and uh, not because we had anything in common or because anybody really liked each other it was an accident of the postcode which is what you kind of get from these guys totally and I think something very important is not that anybody actually liked each other because in skins okay so obviously I I mean if you're listening to this and you haven't seen skins good luck but for for anyone who needs needs a reminder we've got Tony who is the leader leader of the pack and then we've got Sid, who's his little sidekick. I'm really sorry for making a rattling noise, if I don't take these now, I'll be terribly sick. So. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Michelle, who is Tony's hot, popular girlfriend. Sid is in love with her. We've got Cassie, who is the kind of away with the fairies, dippy, anorexia, nervosa sufferer. Um, and also just kind of has just the saddest kind of mm. life while also being this like ray of joy. And then there's sort of the more background characters like Chris and Anwar and Maxie. Maxie. Maxie and kind of comes in and yeah. Jal who like well Jal actually gets episode three. I yeah, thought she does, her yeah. episode was like way later. And her episode's amazing. It, it, it absolutely brilliant. But Jal's a really good example of like somebody who comes from money. Um her her dad is a really successful rapper and she plays the clarinet yep. or the oboe the clarinet and her episode is following her um kind of practicing and getting ready for the young musician of the year in britain so she she is like interacting with all these people you see her smoking joints with the lads at the college but she's also got this like separate world where she's thriving and she's successful which some of the other characters sid cassie don't have and Tony has that kind of success so there's there's this kind of real like there's this spectrum of like where you think these characters are going to end up some are more privileged than others but they're just all mates anyway because they all love taking drugs they all <laughs> love, love going on set neck and pills yeah. smoking joints like racking gaffs and you know that is really when you're 16 that's just Oh, cool. Mm. Like, it's just really a cool way to spend your time. All you want is to be exactly at the center of those dark, loud house parties mm. so you can feel like life is happening to you. Yeah. But when you are, invariably, it is, so maybe for grim. me, perhaps, it was so fucking grim. It feels so, so different. Grim. When you're watching, it feels like gritty and grimy and gross, but also kind of cool. But when yeah. you're doing that, when you like haven't showered and you're like, and yeah, somebody walks home from a party yes. or someone's being sick you or don't like, look someone like over Cassie. in this corner is being sick someone in this corner is being fingered like the, the, <laughs> whole, place, the whole place is a disaster it, it is feel Mm-mm. it feels it feels gross it, it yeah, doesn't feel fun yeah. well I, I do remember a couple of house parties I went to um, mom switched this episode off <laughs> now uh, a couple of house parties I would have gone to at about 17 or 18 before I kind of stopped drinking for a few years and they were like fucking wild and there yeah. was tons of drugs at them and there was just that thing people getting sick people getting fingered yeah. like it's it's all happening the full spectrum of life yeah under one and roof I, and i do remember kind of looking around and being involved and just kind of walking around the rooms and stuff and being like this this is an experience like just very aware that this was an experience um and it's an experience that was shaped by watching skins i don't mm. know if i would have felt that way had i not been watching skins at the time but 
I did have this feeling of like, oh yeah, man, this is living. This is what it is to be a teenager. And, and like, you know, and I'm also like going around a bit broody and like carrying all my problems because this is my episode. Uh. And just kind of, I don't know. But then you're right, Amelia, like you, when you really kind of, I don't know, try to like meaningfully connect in that environment with anybody, whether they're on drugs or drunk or just talking to other teenagers, like it's just, you're like, you're not... The real life people are not as well written as the teenagers. There's a real kids. friendship that they have with yeah. each other that even though there are this group of people who are just like thrown together, they do do everything for each other and the ease. There's no admin. No. Yes. You know, you no. just turn up and the people are there. Yeah. Like I had a obviously very different growing up experience, mm. but like I never went anywhere and my friends were just there. there. Yeah. And, and every, and you were all doing everything and it just seamless. Yeah. I do remember going to visit my cousin. So I hate skiing. An interesting... <laughs> I can't remember the intersection, but basically I hate skiing and my family used to go skiing. Not like all the time, but a little bit. And I hated heights, so I wouldn't go. So I'd go to England to stay with my cousins. And I remember going when I was like 16 and going to hang around with her and her friends and being like, Oh right! <laughs> this, this is, is real. Yeah, yeah, this You're is real. all just wandering around smoking weed and like doing pills. Yeah, and I was like wide-eyed, lots of innocence, <laughs> lots of innocence. Like, yeah. and I wouldn't have taught myself that super innocent person because like my parents were quite young and they were very like liberal mm. about doing what you want. Like I was like drink when I was like sixteen. I mean, not going well. They're buying me kind of kind of boomers, but like. I didn't think that I was as innocent as I was oh, until yeah. we were wandering around to people's houses. And I was mm. like, okay, cool. So you do just wander around smoking weed all the time, right? Yeah. I Just me. I'm just the nerd. Okay. Yeah. For Glad me, it was to... always how many people are in this building. Like I would go, I had, I, I sort of butterflied from social group to social group throughout the vast majority of my youth. I never really landed anywhere for very long. Mm. And, um, I occasionally would find myself at house parties or brought along to a house party. And I would be just like that. There's so many people here. Yeah. How? What's happening? Yeah. Like, how? How? How many people are in this house? Who are these people? Where did you find these people? Do you all know each other? Yeah. And this is sort of the most social media that we had to organize. This is the admin thing. Would would have been Bebo and Ted. Yeah. But like, that's how. That's I don't, I don't even know how it operated in retrospect. Like I really don't. Yeah, I think a, a lot of stuff. I remember being kind of like word of mouth. Mm, mm. There was this guy. Um, I'll call him uh, Johnny. Um, the, so Johnny was this kind of like guy in the group who would like get everyone what they needed for parties or whatever, if it was drink or whatever. And he was the guy with connections. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say he was our Tony cause he wasn't an asshole, but like the word would go out that Johnny was having a party and we would all just turn up. Yeah. Yeah. We just stop. go to Johnny's house yeah. at whatever PM and, and it would be. Like, I, I, I think they were kind of modeled on, on these parties in Skins because all of my friendship group were watching Skins. Yeah. And we all had this, like, I don't know, this kind of... I was living in a small town at the time and I think we just had this mentality of, like, nothing is going to happen to us unless we make it happen. And this mm. thing that we're seeing on screen now, it's interesting, it's visceral and it's difficult, but... I, I, I don't know maybe I was overthinking it at the time but I, I just felt like we were trying to like replicate 
experiences that we were seeing on screen which is a grim way to live but i think it's supposed to be realistic so it kind of made you feel oh everyone's doing this so we should be doing yeah oh you know like it was like you were absorbing it and being like oh right this is what we should be doing we're making a mistake and because all the kids looked comparatively normal as well they all were just kind of different looking kids some of them have acne which i only yeah they're young they're they're not people in their 40s playing teenagers you know like they are actual they looked like us this was the heyday of people where you were getting people playing people of their own age. Yeah. Mm. Well, that was something that they wanted to do. Like when, when they were making skins and when they were pitching it to, to E4, the main thing that they wanted to do was to find unknown actors. And obviously Tony was the cute, annoying little kid from About a Boy, but everybody else was unknown and it was an open casting and they just got everybody in. And I think that was a brilliant thing to do because it also launched like... They're, I was about to say, now they're all, all yeah. famous. Dev Patel, like, come on. But, and I think that they found excellent actors. There's nobody in this show that can't act. There's a few kind of ropey moments in season one, mm. but like everyone can act and they're all that age. Actually, will we talk about the characters? Yeah. Next. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I did not have that teenage experience. Yeah, Alan, like, I'm so sorry. No, because like, I think maybe we, just, we weren't a substances group, <laughs> maybe as yeah. well, but like you the like house pebbles. parties were smaller. Yeah. They were like, there was drinking, there was sometimes weed, but like, a, I think skins did genuinely i think you're right people did feel like they had to live up to skins parties mm-hmm. as skins was airing and it was also just when myspace was sort of starting to unfurl its tendrils as well mm. and what was also happening in pop culture at the time was new rave um and oh, i know this because i was working in urban outfitters at the time warning. i know <laughs> amnesty amnesty for new rave for the gossip for css <laughs> jesus mary and joseph oh. um so what was happening in music and in I say as if I know a single thing about music, I do know about this particular moment in time, um, is that everything that was in the shops looked like what those kids were wearing. Yeah. I think, I feel like H&M had just come to Ireland. The outfit. Yes. I, and that's a mad thing to say, but I feel like we had just started getting clothes yeah. available to us that looked in like Navin, that. And it was A-wear. 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 Oh my God. Which is so funny because I, A-wear kind of ended as being this kind of like mom shop. Oh, it was well. great. It was great, great when cardigans. it was, when it started out. Great card, <laughs> long line cardigans. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Fabulous. Like, so there was a lot of other things happening. They weren't a stone's throw away from us, really, in how they looked and how they dressed. And the music that they were listening to was very current. So emulating the things that were happening on screen, especially from a kind of a working class angle, Mm. um, it was not really that far flung. It was was only... a little bit of edge and a little bit of riskiness away from what would have been happening anyway. So you're you right. Did, you didn't have to it. spend any money if you wanted to dress like these people. Not at all. Like you, you could have gone and into You can fucking tell now. Well, well, yeah. I mean, with with the outfit, I mean, Michelle, God, I'm like, that poor girl. Like, she is dressed terribly. I'm getting the outfits up. I remember, like, I, re- I remember She those... has the jeans and a nice top of people. Oh, jeans, jeans and a nice top. top. Oh yeah. my God. And tiny skirts. She's like, mm. The bandos. This skirt, this skirt. And I'm like, all of my notes are right. Literally Honey, just like, the belt. outfits. Leggings Honestly. under a denim skirt. Oh yeah. yeah. The yeah, quips. I mean, and the big quips. junk jewellery. Yeah, it was just. There, at one point, someone's wearing a glittery skinny scarf. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I remember the glitter. I was like. And a nice scarf. bolero to keep you warm. <laughs> you're just wearing his collection of scarves. I'm yeah. like, take them all. Yeah. I'm holding an image. Else. I'm holding an image of Michelle now who does effectively just look like a toddler. Like she's a tiny baby child wearing black eyeshadow, like mm. a pure rimmel eyeshadow, on the yeah. lid of the head. Uh, little curls with a necklace that's a large plastic the red necklaces. bow and uh, 
a grey nice top with a pink seam on it which just clashes violently with her necklace like she does look like how everybody looked but yeah. it's so I I can it's not like aspirational now in the way that people dress because of social media mm. nobody had any fucking style least of all these kids yeah. so it, it was permissible and easy to emulate them even within their dramas and yeah. their dramas were all kind of relatable until they become operatic later on yeah which is yeah definitely you know we'll get the to accessories that. are also oh like, my h&m oh, did a fine just line chunky chunky jewelry yeah, everywhere fine line plastic uh, yeah. the plastic uh kind of kanye west uh, shoulder shades shades uh, were criminal. just so like if you had no money and you needed to look cool you could get them for 150 in pennies yeah and you would stick them in your head fucking awesome yeah um, like you just needed something neon Oh. And people would look at you and be like, Whoa. "It's actually giving me flashbacks to like the teenage disco and everyone wearing them." Oh. I know. And me, and, I know. me and my pink tights and my cityscape top going to a di- a disco but, in Donnybrook. But guys. that is so like, Michelle, South yeah, County, Michelle. South County, Dublin. Yeah. Like everyone else is in rara skirts, and I'm there being like, "I'm different." Yeah. <laughs> well, I I never wanted to emulate. Like, I I gave myself a hard job because the person I was obsessed with for many problematic reasons, but was also for oh. not. Yeah, Cassie. I was about to say who's everyone's Cassie, favorite because I... Cassie dresses well Cassie still looks good when you watch it now her gorgeous like sparkly gear her beautiful like 1940s hairstyle that she wears to jowls I, I used to wear my hair like that all there's the time. some weird oh. Victorian night dresses in season 2 when she's, yeah. when she's sad they're damn quite, like, quite as well but just so glamorous and feminine and beautiful mm. and, and sad a, and she's so tragic looking she's such a sad girl I so much uh, I love every time she says so oh much. wow your heart just breaks that's it I was wondering yeah, uh, with you Alan because I, I remember being obsessed with her but obviously I was a bit younger and I saw her as being like aspirational I because I think with the wrong actor her character could have just been an absolute wreck the head so I'm wondering what your kind of experience watching Cassie was without kind of having the, the experience that we all have of just like welcoming her into our heart and mm-hmm. yeah to oh you want to like way. look after her and yeah to be okay because like when she smiles she has the biggest smile in the world it's Enormous this pure joy well. smile but yeah. it happens so rarely as it goes on yeah and she she has such she looks she has such smart eyes mm-hmm. she does so much when she's looking at people yeah she's Do, brilliant often doesn't talk much at all but mm. like she's just incredible yeah yeah i really yeah cassie's like the stand her and Sid I think are just amazing mm, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's a coincidence they haven't end up together but like because yeah. Sid is I, we were a group of Sids like okay. essentially uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Sids and some Cassies and Charles but that's so group, nice because you know? what, what I would want for Sid is to find other Sids mm. and for there to be no Tony in his life yes so that's really nice that a group of Sids found each other <laughs> yeah when I was just talking about Radiohead it, the, per- the person I um <laughs> I like identify with now is their teacher Angie (laughs) (laughs) Angie with the great tits and she's got good uh, jeans and nice tops as well and Mm -hmm. she like she's so funny because she's like she's this teacher and obviously when you're younger you're watching it and you're like oh my god you grown woman like what are you doing sleeping with this student but then when you're like our age watching it you're like she's a fucking child like what is she like 24 25 or something in that show like she's not 
She's not yeah. a grown up. She looks older because she's dressed terribly and she's got a bad fringe. She's dressed so badly. So badly. She was 30. But she's just like. She's 30, 30 actually. Was she? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, she's mm. young looking. But like, mm. you know, just working in like teaching psychology or sociology in a comprehensive school in England and her just around her, like her boyfriend had dumped her and her life's just falling apart. And the, I think when we first meet her, She's like crying in the classroom and everyone just kind of gets up and leaves. <laughs> and I was like, Angie, yeah, like, I've been there. Tough days for Angie. Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just this idea of like, when you're watching it, when you're younger, you're like, oh God, get, get your shit together. You're supposed to be a grown up. Whereas now I'm like, ah. <laughs> makes sense. Totally makes sense. She's got a lot going on. Like, I yeah. think the school is really interesting as well mm. because like, they don't give a fuck. Oh, they swear. Like, you know, and I know it is different because it's like college, so it's not the same. Like you're like, some of them are doing A level, some yeah. of them are doing other stuff. Like it's a very sixth different setup, form, isn't it? But yeah. like, never really knew what that. I think was, in between was takes place in the same kind of yes. nebulous free time area. Someday yeah. I will do myself the kindness of learning about the education systems in other countries. I know quite because a lot about the UK. So okay, I how's it work? A brief, a brief so summary. So what's what's so A levels so is after you do GCSEs. your you do yes you do your GCSEs essentially the junior cert, mm. but that's all you have to do. Mm. So you do them and then you can decide if you want to do A-levels and A-levels are how you get into university. And A-levels, you only have to do like three of them. You only do three, but if you go, if you're posh, so if you go to like private school or if you go to any of that, you just automatically do your A-levels. Okay. It's this kind of like a secondary school like ours, but mm. we're like, yeah, you go and do that. But if you go to like any other type of school, like grammar school, well, grammar school is kind of the same because it's essentially like a free posh one. Mm. Um, so grammar schools are like local and you have to be really smart to get in you have to do a test and then they're like the education standards is supposed to be the same as like the private schools mm. so but not everyone gets to go there and then if you go to like the comprehensive it only goes to GCSEs and then you can go to a school you can apply and go to a school that does A-levels and that'll be more like school or you can go to college and if you you don't have to do A-levels you can do other courses and oh, then okay. you can get into university a different way it's kind of oh, like wow. the vocational leaving search but a lot more people do that's really broad yeah, yeah. so you can that's be doing, so yeah that sounds do, great so what they're in is like called a college and some of them can be doing A-level subjects to go to university like Tony and stuff are yeah. but you also can be just doing other subjects that you then apply to college with the different like Pandora way. Or yeah, like Maxie yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like, Dance, yeah, or like other yeah. stuff like that. So like my cousin just went to college and just did like music stuff. And mm. then she applied and got in. She actually lived in Bristol. Hey, <laughs> in Bristol. In yeah, yeah. It was also wild. It, it's, it's, right there. <laughs> it's very funny in the first episode when Tony meets one of my favorite characters in anything. Or is the second episode the, the posh girl? Oh, oh my friends. Yeah, my friends. She she's in loads of things she's great so she has a great line in Posh Birds funny. Yeah. she's a really funny like physical actor that she like there's, there's a scene where, where it's like her um, her house party and she's dancing and she reminded me of Dee from Always Sunny just like mm. the way her body just doesn't make sense while she's moving but she's so funny but something she says to um another character when Tony. she's introducing Tony she's like oh this is Tony um, he, he goes to a school where you, you don't even have to pay and Tony's just like mm-hmm and he's like you know trying to be in the choir in this like posh school and he like rolls in and obviously all the girls have like the biggest horn for him because he's like 
a guy in the girls' school, and it's amazing. Absolutely. But yeah, like the like the class thing is very funny. I think because There's, you can yeah. have a bit more mm. like connections. Yeah, because all of her friends are all from the exact same socioeconomic background. Totally. Whereas, like you were said, all the the skins yeah. are all from everywhere. The funniest bit in that is you know when the DJ starts at that oh my God, thing, oh my God. and he's like doing this like fucking cringe thing, and he goes, "Is everybody ready?" And everybody goes, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Also, the uniforms, like where they're wearing those weird, like bowler hats. Oh my and, god! Like, and like bright. Sarah, you might remember this being in Dublin. Um, she wears the way she wears her uniform is she wears everything really baggy. Yep. And the socks kind of push down in into the doves mm-hmm. and deck shoes. Yeah. Row of per- pearls around the neck, and that image was just like was so so triggering to me i remember i remember that i remember that happening right that look in sixth year when everything i would say everything relaxed in sixth year it did not i went to a very strict school and uh i remember the little ways that people would try and bend and flex their uniforms Mm. uh, including wearing an enormously oversized one so you look Mm. dainty or applying a very loose black school shoes rule to yourself and wearing doc martens like yeah some Oh my god, that is so cool. We would never get away with it. We used to roll. Sorry, we went. I went to an all girls school, and people used to roll up their skirts. I was like, "Who were you rolling this up for?" Yeah, one one of them was roll up skirts. Country. Yeah, yeah. it was a weird thing. Like that took place during that time, which was you wore your skirt really long and you wore everything really big. A to make yourself look skinnier because that was the time that we lived in, and B because it was like a kind of a you weren't slutty mm. like the other girls it was internalized what? misogyny if there's 100%. one thing all girl things school all girls schools cultivate aggressively it's internalized misogyny yeah. it took me years to unpick all that yeah, shit yeah and our rules were so strict that there was no hair color allowed aside from Same. highlights but i so i jesus christ oh, I, when i think of the plum the, the years of terrible revlon plum hair dye that i used to put into my head to just exactly. try and get away with shit no nail polish no makeup so there was yeah. there was all these little weird like we had to wear name badges or photographs on them on the front of our jumper what? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We always like button open. Our, oh, our, yeah. our collar had to always be closed. We thumb printed in from when we were like 16 <sighs> and I was like, we're in prison. And, <laughs> and worst of all, like... This is like dangerous minds. But I went to... Yeah, also because I... So, so there were no... But there would be little ways like the socks rolled down mm. or... Uh, Brown Barry uh, shoes. Yeah. Like mm. th- there were certain signifiers and codes so seeing a uniform dressed in a certain way yeah. it was very very familiar like if yeah. you got you could get away with your top button open and flashing a neon necklace or something mm. for a certain amount of time before somebody was just like before a uniform, top button top a button up uniform prefect you know? which Jesus i had in my school Christ. which were the what the, the biggest i love cops, cops. i love is no, what they but were. i love cops. that i love that it's like recruiting from within oh my god (laughs) i was a lunch prefect so i got to go to lunch 10 minutes early to make sure all the like chairs were there i don't know what that you got the best job i was in in such a long aggressive feud with my music teacher Mm. that she personally was the reason that i did not get made prefect Ah. and at the time i was snapping and now i'm like Cops. Yeah. So, <laughs> they dodged that one. No Thank cops. you so much, Miss Nikwe. What? So you all have prefect schools. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, what ended up happening with uh, with lunch prefect because we What's got to leave ten ones? minutes early. <laughs> it, it, everyone who smoked realized that there was a bit of freedom there. So if you were lunch prefect, you could nip out, have a smoke, yeah. come back in, nobody would know. So by sixth year. 
just all the smokers were lunch prefects <laughs> and we'd all go outside and have, have a fag and then go and like do whatever we were supposed I to was, be doing I have no idea what we were supposed to be doing I was student council prefect oh, oh I'm just a wow. <laughs> I was on I was technically on a set of committees which I never showed up to uh, because if you're on a, on the Debs committee or whatever you, you can leave classes early and yeah no one on the oh. Debs committee cares if you're there so you can just go and vibe well, you can just go walk around school I will say there is an argument for being a intense goody two shoes for 90% of your life which I was because by the time I got to sixth year I was just sailing around that school yeah I could do whatever I never broke the rules yeah. I was still Build the trust I was still an absolute like well, stay for the rules but I like I was I on like, out yeah I was on the complete opposite end of that spectrum is that I was like a problem <laughs> up until like midway through fifth year when I kind of realized like Oh, so it's like some of these poems we're doing are actually kind of cool. So, <laughs> Sylvia, my girl. Yeah, exactly. Like, and even so, Poland, what's up? So it was like the opposite thing happened with me, where I was so I was such a fucking annoying bitch to all these teachers, and I really feel bad about. It. I was like such a oh god, I was awful. But then, like the bare minimum from me would be like Andrea, well done. Like I'd get my homework in the day it was due, and it'd be like, oh my god, well done. Well done. We're great really, girl yourself. We're really impressed with, with how you're doing now. Oh. And, and then after that, I went, I went to college and came with good What I would have done but... for a well done. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, it's, it's... What, when you when you put this down, I was like the person who like read poetry. It's like class, yeah. printed the poems up to put them on the walls. Like yeah. really, it's actually, I look back I don't and I'm think like, we would have been friends. I'm, I'm so glad we are. I, now, each other like, I would like to say that I'm really thankful to my friends because they were normal. <laughs> they just like, let me be. And we're like, okay. Do you know like, what I will say is at the time I hated having a school uniform so much. But now, oh my god, imagine, imagine, imagine what we uniform. would have been wearing. Like, oh no, oh Jesus, yeah. I, yeah, just, don't, I don't even know what I'd be wearing. It'd be the stress. But I like, find it hard to get dressed to come but in I and would, it's just me and Cassie. I'd yeah. be down that weird Mark Zuckerberg rabbit hole of owning five pairs of identical jeans now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of understand how easy it was to not actually think about anything yeah. there. And we all would have looked absolutely absurd. Yeah, um, I mean, and the only marker of wealth in my school would be just, some girls, this was before Abercrombie came to to Ireland. Oh, and people had And it. yeah, so a couple of girls whose dads would go to New York for business um, would have an Abercrombie jumper and they'd wear it to the school gate and then you have to take it off because you're not allowed to wear it. But everyone knew that they had it. Or you'd bring your PE gear to uh, in a little to paper bag from Brown Thomas. In the Brown Thomas bag. Yeah, I uh, saw that in my area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think that was th- those were the only kind of markers of wealth. So like, and, and they were they had to be like left at the school gate. And even the Brown Thomas bags, people kind of got in trouble for doing it. Or it was they, about cultivating they, like, an aura. You yeah, know? totally. We Whereas I, I was like you, I was like Doc Martens. Like I'd wear badges and oh, like I was like a god. I'm so jealous. That's so cool. I just wouldn't have gotten in the door. We weren't allowed non uniform days because you weren't allowed because it because it was like if someone's wearing full juicy tracksuit and someone's not in lots of people were wearing full juicy we used to bring our lunch in little brown bags from some shop in New York I've never been to New York oh the little brown bag someone was someone's cousin was going to New York and you were like I need this to bring my lunch in I can't be the only girl Yeah, and just like little I saw a brown Thomas bag being passed from one girl to another at lunch once and it was like 
like I got you this when I was in Dublin and you know I, I thought of that recently because I bought myself a pair of capital S shoes no I'm not fucking fan. Like, do you know what I mean they're cheaper than a pair of runners but they were shoes do you mm. know and uh, I don't, I'm a runner's lady mm. I'm also very tall so I don't really buy nice shoes because nowhere to wear them and yeah. I don't like how they feel on my feet but I did have an excuse to buy shoes recently and I bought them and they're lovely. I've got eyes embroidered on them in... Um, oh, I saw those they're, on your Instagram. They're beautiful. They're real cool. Uh, and I bought them in uh, Brown Tomas. And when at the counter, your woman was about to put them in a bag and I said, actually, it's grand. I can fit them in my yeah. tote. Yeah. Because totally. I would be mortified yeah. walking around with them now. Do you know who rocks a tote before totes were a thing? Cassie. Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also have to say for their outfits on getting dressed going to school they're just pulling whatever they had yeah I Sids like that I like that are atro- like everyone dresses so badly I enjoy Sid's where it gets to say where his mom's gone so they're running out of clothes but like Chris is wearing 500 colours in a scarf oh, no. for good God measure yeah. Sid has food on his clothes in every single episode yeah. that's a great attention one. to detail it's so good. great attention such to detail disgusting little boy <laughs> oh, <laughs> he really is yeah. he's greasy disgusting yeah. boy and we were all friends with him oh yeah we knew oh, him yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. we knew like five of him and he was gross but he was very well meaning I feel like Chris at the time I didn't like very much actually I love him and now when I watch it I'm like you're saddest for Chris you're saddest for Chris well I mean well, we yeah, talked about it. Yeah, when yeah. I talk about when it. I knew that was coming, mm. I was like sitting there consoling myself of all of them, Chris. Being like, know? for fuck's sake, and just like give gel. I know, I know. And I, I hate that we ne- like. There's no so much of the show. There's no closure. Mm. Like so much is like you're like, but what? And even when like the weird season seven, like you still don't get everything wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. You're just being like, what happened? Yeah. Like, did she have the baby? Did. Like, no, she no... said she got an abortion. She does say that. Oh, did she? She does, yeah, yeah. yeah but, she, but she feels conflicted about it because now Chris is dead and now she's got an abortion. So now that's. Oh, yeah. See, I, gone, yeah, so, yeah, I feel yeah. like I zoned. Um... There's a lot happening in that last episode. Yeah, I like, They steal yeah. a coffin. I zoned out with <laughs> they do. Yeah. And then put it back. Yeah. With the stealing the coffin thing, I didn't see that episode. I, I, I don't think I saw that episode until like later when I was re-watching it. And I was watching it on all four uh, or whatever it was called at the time. And as soon as they steal the coffin, stole the coffin, um, I like fast forwarded it until uh, that part was resolved because the stress of that <laughs> was too much. Like sometimes I have to do that with things where there's some kind of misunderstanding or someone sneaking around or something and I'm like I actually can't uh, I just need I know it's going to resolve but, farce is not for me but too much it feels like they saw the born supremacy and we're like we could do that let's do that yeah. for like, a laugh yeah. 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 Like, it does go goofy and broad sometimes yeah yeah. yeah. Th- I mean I think that's that's pretty much the goofiest we get in the first generation yeah like, there's the, the, kind of well, the well I mean you got hit by a of... bus also that yeah. felt na, 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 na. yeah how did you feel at the the, the close the, the most thing in wild world yeah it was weird it's it mad, was weird it? <laughs> i like it though it works it's so good yeah i think every show should do that now yeah every that show was, should do a six feet under ending and a wild world ending yeah, yeah. wild world for the end of every season and six feet under ending for the end of the series 100%. every show but yeah. i think yeah. the weird the musical choice is sort of again it speaks to the like the artistry of the work like it's beautifully written it's kind of it's doing something, yeah. do you know? And yeah. I think that it's a risky, weird choice it to suddenly so move into this uh, brief musical interlude at yeah. the end. Like, it, 
it show in some moments the show feels very realistic and in other moments it feels like opera and mm. then in this moment it becomes a wink and a nod, a nod to us and to themselves that what's going on is, is something else yeah. the show becomes a show in that moment rather than like here's some gritty rowdy teens doing drugs you know it's it becomes something else and I, yeah. I, I appreciate brave choices like that uh, they're not common yeah and even if they don't work I still I often don't care when a show makes a mad choice like that I'm like well good for you I totally agree trying there's, to fucking say so, something something I really love in media um, which I, I don't think actually applies to skins because I think they pulled it off with that choice but something I love is when people have a really high I suppose it's a sci-fi thing but people have really big idea but they don't pull it off because they don't have the budget mm. and that, that that kind of the chasm between those two things that's where I, I think that's where I think there's some things that I think there's and, some things that don't get pulled off in skins yeah. that are big like yeah. I the whole fucking Effie Tony warehouse bit fuck off I, I, I remember at the time that being the coolest shit ever nah. and then now do you know what I just remember though which I didn't re-watch before recording today Osama the Musical yeah can we talk about Osama the Musical there's your dated piece of work you oh know? my so funny god though. what's so the funny. song go like the now with the day Osama blew us away Osama blew them away like what is happening what is happening Maxi is like the star this is Maxi's big episode in season Two, two yeah. I think yeah but it's actually Sketch's episode Matthew's oh yes episode yeah, yeah. Sketch's episode two Sketch's episode where she's you know obsessed with him and just this musical and everybody's taking it so seriously and the band all have like skyscraper hats it is one of the funniest <laughs> and the whole scenes. like the actual 9-11 bit happens while Maxie and Sketch are arguing off stage yeah. and, you just hear, and you come out and everything's like destroyed and everyone's covered in dust it's weirdly poignant I don't know it how kind of, they I, I was that, like how like, did they they actually went for it and did it was only in 2008 2008 like, like maybe too soon 10 years yeah. just, I'm just uh, doing a quick Google scroll for Maxi there and I will say that out of the gang of them beautiful. is the best styled yeah beautiful oh, still appalling but like not as appalling there's so many cameos as well so like in the mm. like, the, cast the guy yeah. who Effie gets with who like hands her over to what's his name the Crazy oh, I fancied him so much in this show. I yeah, but he's he's the actor now in the Prodigal Son. Is the oh. not the brother, but the one that like she that like ha- does the handoff and yeah, gets arrested yeah. with. There were so many people that I was like, oh, yeah, there you are. So that yeah, that's season two, isn't it? That's before Effie's time. Yeah, it's when like he B-E. then tries to force Tony to um to sleep with her. Yeah, yeah. Just, just too yes. far, man. I was just like, it's dumb. It's all, is... It is dumb, and it's also like the handling of like that he's like on medication and like mm-hmm. this light touch of like mental illness mm-hmm. handled in a very which, strange which they way. handle so well in other characters. Yeah, so I think they handle very, it beautifully in Cassie. Mm, it's very odd, and then like yeah, it just feels. And also, when I was watching, I watched a bit of Effie's like Generation Two. Talking Effie. And like it's just it's so fucking old. depressing. So, oh, she's old. so and then she's like in the hospital. Effie was an absolute And then she gets out head. of the hospital, and <laughs> Freddie gets killed. And I was like, I don't want. Well, okay, I'll I'll be so honest about series two, like or the uh, generation two. 
anytime Effie was doing anything and anytime Freddie was doing anything, I was so bored. I remember I was just, I do not care if you kiss. I don't care if you're broken up. Can we get back to the twins? Can we get back to Emily for God's sake? Oh. This beautiful little lesbian, little baby lesbian. And I was a baby, little boy, and I was like, oh, I just want to well, see her doing this. This is something. This <laughs> is something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I so much. I just want to see them doing this. But that's Blair the interesting thing about it is that there is bisexuality and there is queerness yeah, in it. Do you know what I mean? It's wep. Yeah. I will. I will bring out the big guns and say that it is weaponized bisexuality because Tony yeah. is a. Uh, not not great yeah not no, a great no, not, not great rep there no, i would say no, i wouldn't uh, be looking too wouldn't tony be, wouldn't be looking looking over there no, no way but it is for the time like i rewatched a bit of lost at the start of the pandemic oh i did as well just you know we were all going through some desert island shit yeah. Yeah. between oh, animal yeah. crossing and lost but um <laughs> The one thing that struck me about Lost, and I might have said this before, is that for this giant plane full of people, there's a pregnant lady, there's people from all over the world, so there's a different body types, nobody is gay. Yeah. No <laughs> like it is gay. very 2004, right? Mm. It's it's extremely homophobic at times. Like it mm. just throws that shit around. And then you zip forward to 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And things have changed. Ma- Maxie's big gay Maxie. night out. Oh, yeah. In the, in the first episode. And, and <laughs> two guys. T- yeah. Tony trying to get them to go to the posh girls party. And, and it's like Maxie, Anwar and Chris. Uh, Chris. Mm. And they're like, no, we're going with Maxie to the big gay night out. Because they are just like allies. We love them. And they're so happy for Maxie. In 2007, that was deeply uncommon. I was so cute. Yeah, yeah. But then they get to the big gay night out. And it's just this pub. And it's like two men dancing with each other to like maybe a George Michael song or something. Yeah. yeah. And one solitary disco ball and I was like that's what being queer was in 2007 that exact mood <laughs> that is that's two exactly guys are having a great time though <gasps> yeah yeah just a wonderful time just, and they're going to kiss each other yeah. it's going to be great but yeah. Ma- Maxie was like oh yeah no thanks for, thanks so much for coming with me to the big gay night out and I was like you deserve so much <laughs> well, when he get, and also he has the best lines of just being when he's like Tony I'm not a hobby I was like yes Maxie yeah. 2007 to that you are not a hobby before for all of Skins is Again, looking at anything from this time through a contemporary lens with the kind of yeah exhausting discourse problems. which with which we all live, like I can feel as nostalgically as I like about Cassie, but oh, oh my, my god. god. I'm going to use the word instructional. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I'm so glad that you guys are saying this because I was watching it being like, this is so twisted mm-hmm. how I absorbed this yeah. uh-huh. in the most like I want to be like her mm, yeah. yeah maybe this not two, eating this seems two like a bit of a plan yeah. this seems like a good way I'm going to be a bit weird and say things like oh you're lovely I like fully just like was like oh yeah I'm she's hypnotic gonna, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is how this yeah. is how I'm going to play it her and perform- I did there's two bits in, in her episode which I won't say uh, on air but there's the plate I know scene. exactly what you're uh, talking uh, about and the water yeah yeah water and they they are instructional and if this was made today somebody would oh my god there somebody would, would have been consulted there would this. be outcry yeah. right there would be outrage so in some moments the show has an inc- incredible uh progress mm. and in other moments and in some ways i kind of i i'm glad in some ways that they showed what they did show with cassie yeah. because with adult eyes i'm like it's it's sad and it's heavy and it's hard to see a kid like that yeah. right but when you're watching it and you yourself are a little sponge mm-hmm. a little idiot sponge mm. and how nice oh 14. wow feels in your oh, mouth 14. and like there's a the performed femininity that Cassie has because she's quite wholesome mm-hmm. and quite good like 
it's not like I said it's never really a mile apart from where your own life is you can just walk a couple of steps over that bridge to achieve some sort of perceived glamour especially if you're already kind of a quirky girl oh my god you could just lay the groundwork right so it, it runs this no I don't believe that any work of fiction should be morally has a moral obligation to uh be educational right totally um and it is really lovely to see something that is deliberately built to be celebrated celebratory of a young gay man in 2007 cannot stress yeah. hard enough how long ago that was and how different a fucking world that was yeah. and how just casually homophobic it was and how unsettling it was to be a queer person of any kind probably much more frightening for for other people than it even was for me you know um so it does a great job in some capacity we can't measure it by today's metric but every so often there are moments from that show that i feel like have burrowed their way mm. through culture and uh are well a, a big mm. one happens in maybe like the fourth scene of episode one which is sid tony and michelle are meeting up in the cafe to discuss how to get Sid laid and the plan is to get to get a girl spliffed up oh yeah Mm. and drunk enough to think that you're attractive and it said not even as a joke I Mm. don't think no 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 and then and then later it's oh Cassie and then we have a human form to put to that mm. and it's like we'll get Cassie spiffed up because she's already fucked up as it is and she's, yeah, like, she's not she's not really on planet earth she don't care and yeah, yeah. you know that attitude at the time I didn't see anything strange about that that was very normal mm. that, that was very normal that didn't yeah. feel weird to me at the time I was like oh yeah if, if you want to if you want to lose your virginity everyone just just get drunk Mm. Yeah, just and get it and get over it. Get over it. But uh, definitely, the narrative when we were like teenagers was not that you get girls drunk; it's that girls get horny when they get drunk. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it was. It didn't put any. It took it all off someone getting a girl drunk, and it was that yeah. when girls are drunk, they are knowingly getting themselves horny. Yeah. 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 Like a, a, a lack yeah. of inhibition or something. Because yeah, get, yeah. getting a girl drunk didn't mean what it means now. Mm. You know, we it meant a removal of inhibition, a removal of yeah, fear, yeah, right? Like, you know, which is where we get to baby. It's cold outside. It's uh, social mores of the day. Exactly. Mm. Social mores of the day. Yeah. Which... If I have to have another conversation this Christmas about baby, it's cold outside, <laughs> I'm going to delete my Twitter. Social mores <laughs> of the day, right? Uh, you know? Was it rape culture? Yeah. yeah. But also, yeah. was everything it social was. mores of the day? Everything was. Yeah. You know, everything arguably was. everything still is. Yeah. So you know, we haven't really come that fucking far. That's what's so confronting about the show is because like in ways it is so progressive but in ways it's like well that's how people f- were thinking and it's also how a lot of people still still think. do think mm-hmm. still do like, think still behave you know yeah. like the like and also the way they talk about people's like mental illness disability sexuality mm. thing like that is the way that people talk to each other yeah out not nobody talks like they tweet Nobody talks as though they are under surveillance. Mm. It is incredible. The second that I feel like my entire social life, for better, I think, in the large one, is made up of people who are terminally online, like myself. Mm. But every so often, when I spend time with people who aren't, mm-hmm. I have to kind of like grip the table and be like, "What did you just say? Yeah, yeah. How did you just describe that person? Yeah. Mm. Did you? What did you just use as an adjective? And that's like, the... but that's just how people fucking talk, man. But I think that was that Terrible. was part of the magic of Skins was that this was a show that did like kind of outwardly state this is a show for teen- teenagers about teenagers and for better or worse mm. it it was a mirror of mm. what the lads in my social group were mm-hmm. saying it was a mirror as well of like the the kind of the half acceptance of gay people if somebody was out but if they were gay in a certain way 
um, the, the, the just about coming to terms with like mental illness being a thing even having language having language yeah. around it and and, the, and I think it really it, it got to the heart of the difference between how we speak to people and how we speak about people in young friendship groups because yeah. when you're talking when when these characters are talking about other characters it's often very mean and it's mm. often very cruel mm. but when they're talking to each other it's a friendship yeah and like this is what this we comes back to. Teenagers. But this is the thing that comes back to people liking each other, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and uh, I think that applying binary moral standards to teenagers is pointless. Oh, totally, because they're just disaster areas finding themselves. Yeah, and this is what this does very well. Mm. Like you, and equally in the way the television is being made now, like we won't see representations like this again Mm-mm. because uh, we just went for something. In some cases, for better. Yeah. Um. But I think it still remains a really important relic of its time, mm. and it should be viewed. Jesus, I wouldn't know what to say to somebody sitting down. Well, Jesus, Al, you just watched it for the first time. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like... How did you feel for yeah. humanity? Yeah, how did you feel about <laughs> you know, the kids? I really, I went down a rabbit hole because that, that combined with the Kid A 21th anniversary album coming out the same oh. week. Oh. Big oh. week Really, Ryan really set me turtling back into my like late teens or early yeah. 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed the show and by mm. how much I cared about all of them. Mm. I think there was a bit of a false narrative around the show at the time, the media narrative, based on the first episode. Because the first episode is quite a sitcom-y setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gets much deeper after That's that. Because Cassie's point. episode is straight into the second episode, then Jal. So you're into a different show, essentially, for the first episode, where there are mm. gay crashing parties. And it's like super bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is super bad. Yeah, essentially. Which was like the same year, I feel like. Uh, yes, it was. Was it? Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah. Big year for house parties. Nice. Super bad's real good. Super bad yeah. is really Do you know really what? Funny. I don't know does it hold up, but I remember really liking it at the time, and I think it's what it's written in such. I remember what I remember. It's what I remember about it striking me was that everyone swears like punctuation in the way that we do. Yeah. And mm. that very slight detail yeah. was enough for me to go with them where they went. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's like the way in Succession they say "fuck off." And oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. hearing yeah. Americans saying "fuck off" is oh, so weird. Very good. It's my favorite. Um, but you're you're so right about the media narrative around it at the time because there was this kind of panic of like, are your kids watching yeah. this? There is a lot, panic. Of, a lot of like teens in underwear in this show. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. the teens are only ever in underwear. All the adults get like their bits out. Yeah, and the boy, you actually see a lot of like male ball sack. You do in this. I've noticed and butts <laughs> and butts. Yeah. yeah, but nothing else. And yeah. the girls, they always cut away just before, but the women. And the yeah, men, the grown-up women. The, grown, the grown-up like, women are yeah. all naked all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like weird. Channel Four, my guy. You know yeah, yeah. what I mean? Channel yeah. Four. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think Skins is is. It's interesting because it's like I wouldn't change a thing about mm-hmm. it. No, because I think it does capture it's a relic. Such a moment, and it's. I don't think that really any any of us like as we grew watching it really saw it as any, as something to aspire to Mm-mm. but i think it does that because it's not moralistic mm. there's no like things that, like you were saying earlier amelia like there's things are open threads like things don't wrap up at the end of the episode mm. the end of jal's episode is her just about to start playing the clarinet oh God, we, we don't know if she won that we don't yeah. know if she won that the end of Cassie's episode is her about to bite into a burger we don't know if she bites in and it's these kind of like now we're cutting away to somebody else this person's life this is just one little bit of this person's we're life we're just visiting and we are not going we're just visiting we're not going to resolve this for you we're not going to make this easy for you and 
that to me it was like very well, sophisticated it's so sophisticated yeah. I thought Chris's episode from user really like lifted off because yeah. that oh, episode has mm. the broadest comedy in the entire series but also yeah. the grimmest house parties yeah. the saddest backstory yeah. like where he's pissing into his own face because he's, he's had too many Viagra oh, yeah. and falling over in the shower hilarious oh, when he disgusting. fights the naked man I know. yeah but then that whole the house just gets the house. disgusting yeah the house. and yeah. then just his whole like the fact his father won't even like meet him mm. anytime there's nothing to do with the parents and yeah the parents, parents are just that's what i think i find so sad is because watching it i was like these people have so much freedom i They're know i know yeah. i'm oh. so jealous and then you watch back and you're like no because also i think what the show does so well is it shows that they're teenagers that they think that they're grown-ups oh yeah and they think that they can handle everything but then there's just those like gut-wrenching moments where you're like, oh, you just need a cup of tea and a hug. Yeah. And, the shower and, dad. and the parents oh, aren't the there. So They're not funny. there yeah. to give the cup of tea <laughs> no. and a hug. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. the friend is there to be like, oh, smoke this, neck this back and let's... Yeah. And even some of the parents are like that. Yeah. yeah. As well, the one parent who does figure that out dies that evening. Peter yeah. Capaldi. Oh, God. Oh, his character. Oh, oh my God. I really didn't expect to be affected by Skins as much as I was. Even, I the, team, so even the theme song it's, gets me. Oh yeah, oh, I can't. Can it's chilling. Talk about the theme <laughs> song. I had the theme song downloaded from yeah. LimeWire onto my little Creative Zen uh, MP3 player, and I thought that that was the future mm-hmm. of music. I was like, whatever this like glitchy stuff is, it's a be- absolutely beautiful. What's your favorite song. version of it? Uh, one one me two yeah I do yeah. as I got into Fern season two I did like how kind of celebratory the, the yeah. season two version is yeah. as it gets on but the one yeah. is definitely the best there's one. a full version of it that's is about it? five minutes long I can't I got ten years ago I would have been able to tell you like the name of the DJ it's like what, Fat Seagull I think Fat Seagull oh yeah. my god oh man yeah and oh it's such a beautiful theme song mm. it, and it really like and even the the opening credits you get these like little bits of them but you also get like this weird British sunshine that just mm. like comes through it and the clouds and I don't know, it just, it, it looks very realistic, but also like everything is heightened. Mm. And I think you can say that about the show as well, is that it's, it's, it's realistic, but heightened. Nothing but feels a few untrue big, about the show like, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. ring of truth is the thing. They talk mm. about that a bit in the creep drive, the ring of truth, you know mm. what I mean? Something that feels like legitimate and authentic authenticity I think is what we're talking about and the cost of authenticity is risk Mm. you know and ugly shit and triggering shit like Sid and Michelle going out oh my god terrible but inevitable but inevitable and makes perfect sense yeah because we did that uh, beach holiday for someone's birthday where we all headed off to a beach and people hooked up with people they shouldn't have hooked up with but social really groups yo, so, yo, social you know? groups do that yeah like yeah. I like I said I butterflied through several um, large social groups many of whom are still cohesive in some way um, which sometimes makes me kind of sad because I never outlasted any of those situations I would date somebody and then I would move on I would date somebody there. and move on I just you know I mean you know just same <laughs> it's a strange feeling and every so often I can frame it as like I'm a fucking lone wolf and then sometimes I'm like I'm just really poorly adjusted <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you see people just trading out boyfriends and girlfriends, mm. like full on. Because mm. they all, that's, this is why, my, something I've also said many times is that Friends is a TV show without any, about people who don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you don't have a wider world, mm-hmm. is that you just go out with your friends. Oh my God. I think it's and just what happens when you're a teenager as well though, because like, there was like our group of friends growing up and I was always 
the loser with the stable boyfriend but like in the like two or three years I was with my boyfriend in school our friend group it was like flavor of the week intermixed with each other but I think that's kind of nice but like obviously it was much more traumatic in skins but like it was fine but it was also people were kind of fine like you were just like exactly and and the nice thing is when you see people who get married to people they would have known as teenagers or you know they might have gone out with one of their friends and then got you know what I mean you contract Mm. the social movements and things is that maybe their person was in front of them all along Mm. and they didn't know if mine is you know (laughs) (laughs) forever hold your peace if you're listening this late I think there's something deeply romantic about that so while at the time you're like oh my god I can't believe that person is going out with that person she was just going out with his friend this person yeah. but then if they end up together that person was they were just waiting for each other yeah. in some way like I think there's something actually quite sweet about it even mm. though my I'm on the outside of a lot of those groups looking in but I'm also like ah Jesus fair play yeah. that's gorgeous that yeah. that worked you didn't yeah. have to look far you know what yeah. I mean I feel that way even like seeing friendships because I, I, I'm the same but there's like I'd say three big friendship groups who will come up in my timeline mm. and everything's the same except I'm not there. Whoa, and that's real fine. talk, same. Yeah. Oh and, my God, and, But, but yeah. do you have to come for me like that? <laughs> <laughs> At least take me for dinner first. But, but do you also know <laughs> that, that narrative of like, oh, if, um, if, if it's usually about a man, it's like, yeah, if, if he says that like all of it, he left all of his friendship groups, maybe he's the problem. And then you're like, am I the fucking problem? <laughs> oh, no, I'm the problem. Like, no, the I'm the problem. problem. That's fine. Yeah, I know, I, I know that yeah. I'm, that's, I know that's on me, but like it yeah. is, it, I know that exact feeling and Skins replicates that feeling. Completely. Right, where I feel like I could have been in the background. I was in the background yeah. of those parties. I would know? have been, what's her name? Effie's friend. Pandora. Pandora, like honest to God. I feel like Pandora. the real talk is, I wanted to be Cassie, but I was Pandora. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, did, did you watch the second, do you know Pandora? Could not handle the second season at she, all, I'm sorry. I, I tapped so quickly. Those kids were scary to me. Like, yeah, yeah, they I, were frightening I, to I me. Went feral. Straight, I went straight from the end of... Feral. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Cook, is, Cook is feral exactly Chris. Yeah, yeah. I, but oh. I went straight from end of generation one to generation two, and it was, it's... It's literally this. It's like hanging around with your friends, little sister's friends. I know. I have a little sister, man. I'm good. Exactly. You know? yeah. I love That's her. What, She's you're cool. You're straight yeah. from these, and they... They are scarier. Yeah. But no, they've got more but, teeth. But yeah. Effie in season one. Also, season three is HD and the other ones aren't. Oh, so it's yeah. like a different... Oh, they don't we, look d- we didn't grow up I in HD, you know? So they're just totally three. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched all... I watched season three. It has a lot of good characters. You're a better woman than moments, I. But like, you know, completely farcical. But can we talk about Effie in season one? Because I think mm. when, when people she talk about talk. Effie, she's, yeah. she's such a fascinating little thing. And she's got just the best little face she's like a little, little pissy face hamster yeah a little like, piss face she's no makeup mm. on her and her um her school uniform you're like oh, i would have fucking hated you oh yeah perfect face little bitch and, and, <laughs> but and, she's, and so, so she's cool. so scowly and yeah yeah, yeah yeah she's so fucking cool but she's a really cool character because again to go back to that like episode one thing we we meet tony because like tony and effie's relationship i think is fascinating because tony is this you know borderline sociopath oh he's a total sociopath like he's little Patrick really Bateman. Awful, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, really yeah and, and any good looking lad in any social group like that becomes like that I've known Tony's I've known them yeah and uh, oh, yeah, they yeah. Yeah. You, you give an ounce of social power to a young fella like that and they will wield it mm-hmm. like oh. because Effie is the only person that Tony cares about the only mm. the only person that Tony loves and you see it in in like she she's like absolutely dragging herself home like she's 
and she's like dragging herself home and he does the the thing where he has to get the dad upstairs because he's like blaring his music and his dad is so funny all the parents mm. are so funny mm-hmm. um and then effie comes in and they have this like agreement and something that's so interesting about that that's kind of foreshadowing is that the dad says every fucking morning so we know that effie's out doing this shit Mm. every fucking night and tony i don't know like i i think his relationship with effie i just find fascinating because i i don't have younger siblings i have other great uh, yeah 10 out of 10 yeah, I have an older sibling, but we... we oh, you we, are we the younger apart. sibling. Oh. Yeah, well, but we lived apart, so I don't really get that dy- dynamic mm. either. But just seeing that, like, I think F- Effie's placed there to show that Tony has some humanity. Yeah. And she's really, really important for that reason, because if there wasn't an Effie... He'd be irredeemable. He'd be, well, he'd be completely out of this world unbelievable, like you couldn't he just wouldn't be a character that you could actually connect to. Or you don't want to go on the journey with him. Yeah, no, yeah. you don't. You don't. And you do Oh my God, do we go on a Tony on, on a journey? Tony I was about to yeah. say you'd be Tony. happy when he gets hit by that book. <laughs> and you, Regina like, you George. Kinda, you kind of are because you're like, yeah, fuck you. Like, cause, you know, everything was at the bottom when that happened. You know, people were dying in the streets emotionally in that episode, you mm-hmm. know. People were cheating on each other. It was awful. But then a, re- then a reckoner, a great reckoner comes like, oh yeah, he's not dead. He's yeah. not dead. Yeah. And he's severely injured and but can't talk. Do and... you remember that at the time? Like him getting hit by yeah. the bus and then being like, and now we have to wait six months. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a drop off point. <laughs> what a drop off point. Huge. Absolutely massive but like there are reckoning points like that that happen when you're teenage this 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 does and doesn't happen to people i suppose it happens to some people and it it doesn't happen to others but there are reckoning points in your teens when somebody dies yeah and or a couple of people die and i had a weird year like that and uh it it does change the context of the ins and outs of house parties and dramas and drug taking when reality immediately screeches to your door Mm. and uh it's um, it's ha- like it's it's almost camp because Tony gets hit by a bus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on. But yeah. of course, it happens when everything is out of tight because yeah. that's when everyone needs to be shattered down to earth. Mm. You know. So again, yeah, bizarre but good storytelling. It, it, it's as if, like, as an audience, we have indulged these people with their petty issues and their interpersonal relationships and we've kind of heightened them to this oh, are degree. you smoking a joint you're so hard yeah yeah, and, yeah and we're so invested and then right at the end of the first season it's like the writers decided like okay now let's let's give them a dose of reality let's yeah. show them what actual pain let's, is what real life is yeah. yeah and i think that that's really um it's a good way to make characters grow up between seasons. I tell you what. Yeah, it really does. Like, it jolts everybody into yeah. a different landscape. And some of them rise to it and some of them mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people are not calling Tony. Some people are not visiting Tony. Mm-hmm. And that so Because Tony was an asshole. But this is the thing. Tony was a yeah, fucking yeah. asshole. And then you get into this whole, like, like this really complex thing of it, when somebody dies or is injured and they were a fucking asshole and then all of a sudden everyone was their best friend mm. and everyone's really sad. Lionizing them, yeah. And and that is a thing that happens and it's incredibly sad. Like, that's Heather's. Is, that's is literally Heather's. That, yeah. you know, and, and, and done so well there. But 
it does touch on that. I I, th- I think there's a bit of Heather's about. Um, oh, about, like t- Tony would be a Heather. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> I only watched Heather's for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "This is fucking unhinged." Yeah, this is crazy. crazy. We did like, the episode with Sophie White, mm. uh, and it is oh my god, it's bananas, it's really absolute yeah. mad, like, mad shit. But it also has a, a lot to say about how people it's an incredible narrative. Yeah, how people tell stories about each other yeah. and and, and uh, how people look for power and mm. power in debt and like it's really interesting shit. Yeah. And I do think for sure in the camper moments of skins it's looking to Heathers. Yeah, you know, like I think so. A hundred percent Tony is a is is a paradigm like from that. Yeah. That school of gothic stories about teenagers. Yeah. Skins is 100% suburban gothic. Suburban neon rave gothic, you know? Yeah. Like, it is It is at once disgusting and grim and the body is called into question constantly mm. if you're not where Cassie is. There's, like, vomiting. Like, it's got the full... Like, you know, party vomiting. Cassie's sick. People yeah. are being injured. Like, everyone is dirty. Everyone has food on their clothes. Everyone yeah. looks unwashed. Like, it is... Like... It's got a gothic edge to it. The house parties, the ruin that the house parties are left in sort of defeats any of the glamour because Mm. you do get to see the fucking fallout. Like that's where it becomes gothic and gothic and camp live together. Yeah. Really nicely. Mm. And I think Tony gets hit by a fucking bus is camp. Yeah. But the aftermath is gothic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's low, even Effie and Tony in the fucking warehouse is camp. Oh, that's so You know, it's so fucking camp. It's so camp. There's loads of, um, there's loads in it. Um, like a, a full spectrum of, of teenage experience in lots of ways um, and uh, I never want to watch it again yeah <laughs> it's re- it is really just like you know there's that TikTok trend at the moment of just like teenagers from the My Chemical Romance song it's like teenagers scare the living daylights out of me yeah. and it is just that definition of like teenagers are just fucked mm. like it is you it's the worst you're just full of hormones, hormones yeah. and sadness and like even if you're not sad thinking that you should be I'll never forget like crying to the first Taylor Swift album being like when is someone gonna love me enough to break up with me oh man honest oh, to god I like, did so much crying to Soundgarden and Audio Slave like really but ba- like there's no reason to cry at Audio Slave no, Sarah no reason to be anything to Audio Slave what the fuck <laughs> you know like yeah. just oh there's, no. I, I just remember being so ups- like yeah, I think we're we're moving into the portion of the episode where we just talk about how awful it is to be yeah. teenagers. But I just remember being obsessed with how everybody looked. Yeah, and yeah. How I looked. And you become obsessed with yourself. You're so overwhelmingly selfish, just but in this to be really fucking, anxious way. Look, not to be a fucking millennial, but I'm so glad I didn't have social media back. Oh, thank I every God. so often I take a moment and I'm so grateful that there's about six photographs of me as a, as a teenager that exist because it doesn't need to be any fucking there more. Are none. And no. I, my mom no. has them in our bathroom. Like I just need to relive the experience oh, every no. time I visit her house. <laughs> I don't have a single nah. photo from my devs. I don't have a single photo from school. I have nothing. I have absolutely no evidence that I existed between oh the God, years no. 2000. My mom has one. It's like a full size of my head with no eyebrows. And she's like, it's just a lovely photo. I'm <laughs> well, like, gorgeous. it's a horrific <laughs> yeah. photo. But, but, but it was, it, but uh, as well, something that I think is maybe different today, maybe not. I don't know. The standards have just kind of shifted. But it wasn't just that, like, I was obsessed with how I looked. It was that everyone around me was obsessed with how they look. All yeah. the girls, all girls yeah. school everybody was talking about weight mm-hmm. and makeup 
and hair. There was no, you can't oh, say that. Oh, People no, would just say no. mad shit about themselves no, and yeah. each other. Like there was very little inter-social inter policing no. of each other. It was kind of the wild fucking west, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, we also had no language. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when we I think about... All reading Heat magazine. Oh boy. Yeah. Like the, the, the media input that we had was not great, which is probably why Skins was so impactful. But yeah. Skins was so delightful because you were seeing kids with acne and kids with like I, I, I know there was Cassie but like you know say someone like Jal probably would have been like the closest to what my body type was at the time and I was just like yeah okay and she's great like she's just when she wears life that dress and they're all like and they're like, where have they been before? Yeah. Oh because yeah. that's how teenage boys used to fucking stay I, I remember that <laughs> happening to me. Just, like, same just wearing a really, like, and, and the same as her. That, that dress was given to her by Michelle. Yeah. I was given a yeah. dress that was too small for me by a really fucking hot friend. By one hot all, friend. All yeah. the lads wanted to yeah. fucking one have hot sex friend. With. Yeah, yeah. And then they get, I wore the dress and I was like, quite amply busted teenager which I hated which is why I wore hoodies all the time but this one time I was like no fuck it I'm gonna look hot and it was that exact thing of just like nobody looking at my face and I never did it again I swear I I did not I still do not like I've been big jumper since I could walk man like that's it jumper on legs yeah Um, and but because teenage boys just said terrible shit to you like because they were just they were like think back oh my god like I I'm glad I'm not going for brunch with any of these people. You know, every time I'm like, no, I wish I was going for brunch. And I'm like, no, you don't, Sarah. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if the surviving Skins gang, who is totally, I would say we're not far off of fucking, they're all in their 30s, toting around babies reboot. I would, yeah. I'll put it into the a teacher. Oh, wow. Sid is a teacher. Yeah, Cassie is living at the seaside with her baby, I think. Remember in, in the like reboot thing? Oh yeah. Oh, what's the reboot? Hang on, am I? So, so yeah. there was a reboot of three episodes and it huh. followed Cassie, Effie and Cook. Effie's one is basically fucking Ocean's Eleven espionage shit. She's like a highfalutin like uh, stock person. Yeah. Like Hedge fund or something, isn't it? Hedge yeah. 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 Financy. You know, yeah. like get me the numbers sort of thing. <laughs> I work in the arts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't count. I don't know what that means. But you know, she's things. very good at sums. And she, um, and then she gets mixed up with some fucking um, insider trading shit. And I think goes to prison. Like, I think that happens. Wow. Cassie um, is stalked by the lead singer of Years and Years. <laughs> that You know what? That scans. <laughs> I just forgot. That scans. He's in it. Ollie. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. He's so, oh, and he's such a good actor. He's brilliant in, in the reboot thing. So they're only an hour long. Each ah, grand. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's stalking her, which is weird. And then it turns out he's a photographer and then he makes her a big fashion model and then she gets pregnant and then decides, no, I want to go and be with my baby or my baby brother, something. I don't know. Not a great ending for Cassie. She deserves everything. Um, I was happier thinking her and Sid were in New York. And I just, I really wasn't happy that she entered the fashion industry and that they didn't, they they didn't nip that in the bud. They didn't mention it. But they didn't mention her, her, entire story yeah yeah like at all like she appeared to be eating like there was just no reference to it at all which was very weird considering she was that was the crux of her story yeah Yeah. and she was now entering into the fashion world and then uh cook's one i do not remember um but yeah those were the two big ones 
worth a watch like Cassie's one's worth a watch yeah. it's visually very pretty but sorry also in, in Effie's one she lives with Naomi and Naomi gets cancer Naomi gets cancer and that's really fucking mean actually because Naomi was I was in a throuple with Naomi <laughs> and <laughs> Emily <laughs> and they were both my girlfriends and giving her cancer that was awful that was a really horrible just, thing they to just do keep... and also she was cheating on Emily it was mad it was yeah. just don't just leave it alone lads but also kind of glad it existed like it's it's it was I watched fine. it all but I also was like maybe not yeah yeah it just didn't need to happen was it thing. kind of was like strange for how their whole thing had been just like leaving it unsaid and That's then the it. hints that you'd get in the later mm. season that mm. were like referential mm. um also the third generation just weird yeah, I watched that now because I would have been like there was like I, I seem to remember like a fun on full on like gunfight yeah at one point it was just like it like became shooting it, it, yeah. it just became too Mad. much and it was like this other girl like this other girl that they were trying to make like almost like a posh Effie and she her was, name was Mimi Mimi she was brilliant uh, and then she, she, she really fell good. in love with this like ginger and it was all like oh yeah it was like oh my god how can you love this yeah ginger? but then it also just, oh god so much of me watching that particular time was just me being like I want a boyfriend yeah boyfriend anyone yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did get one Yay! <laughs> I haven't had one for nine years. <laughs> You're better off. Cue me. Um, ten, ten minutes of all too well on the way home. I feel like there's probably massive things in skins that happen that we've not hit on that I'm very concerned. I'm trying to think of my my notes are all just like this show is fucked. My notes are all about like how bad people's tops are. Yeah, bad tops. Top yeah, so bad. bad tops. Lots of brass straps. Can we talk about the music? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So important. So good. Yeah, so, the I the I guess the I've told gossip soul X remix. Yeah, that kind of launched the gossip. The fact that it was just on the ad for skins. Yeah, I find that the music career. just re-traumatizing. Like yeah. it's just yeah. it's like time travel. I hate it. I found claxons don't appear on the soundtrack until second generation, which is mental. Isn't it? Yeah, because isn't you, it? You totally think that that is that like, those two grizzly things bear are, are in there. Yeah, like yeah, before, yeah, yeah. But before yes. two weeks, a load of Mika P Hinson in there as well. Yeah, that's on it. Uh, Folds. The Brian Jonestown massacre. Yeah. Like I, I was just the whole way through. There's a there's a, half, so uh, there's a lot of kind of DJ shadow in it as well, yes. and there's a, they they choose the musical moments for like big moments really well. Like Wild World, there's um there's a scene where Sid and Michelle are dancing, and then Tony comes over and takes Michelle away. Does I think that, I remember does this. that yeah, mean yeah. something? Um, and it's a. Yeah, or, or or Tony comes over and like starts making out with Michelle while Sid is like still dancing with her, and it's and he tries to walk away, and Tony's like, "No, stay." And it's really evil bisexuals, my guy, up. and we're yeah. evil sexual, but uh, evil bisexuals, really, like... really, really fucked up and weird. But there's a brilliant song used in that moment, and I can't remember one of the guys from Massive Attack, um, does it, uh, Tricky, I think, and it's just such a brilliant song for that moment, like, but but yeah, it was so of the time it was so but but also a little bit like experimental as well like mm. the unknown bands like you like know like Bear weren't a thing weren't a thing. then and no. they use it pretty heavily in one of his episodes i think yeah Boomer's dad dies i think yeah There's a lot of grizzly bear in it. yeah um yeah fold like foes have a whole that's the, the secret party episode oh yeah. which is like a dvd bonus or something where they go see folds in a mansion yeah and there's a whole like fold song that's just for that episode i think yeah yeah 
fucking cool. It was very cool. Because I think it's also because the show was like supposed to be like so cool for teenagers. They obviously so much care and attention mm. because it had to be real. Like it was kind of like, especially it's 14, uh, it was things that I hadn't heard of. Mm. You know, it was that stuff where you were like, oh, I want to go and like well, it's similar find to, this. to the OC in, yeah. that, in that way yeah, yeah. where like the music was just such a big part of the identity of the show and very formative like I think yeah. it's it's a really lovely thing when you're making media like whether it's film or television for teenagers to kind of you're all you're handing them a mixtape in a way and mm. just being like here's cool stuff some of it's new but some of it's old mm-hmm. and this could be a blueprint for like you to jump off and I mean I, I was tweeting about watching skins yesterday and a couple of people responded saying like I used to like wait to download the the episode um playlist or something which i wasn't even aware was a thing Mm. at the time um but apparently i think channel four were doing that and then you know the oc is very similar like i i got into a lot of bands that i absolutely love through the oc it's it's a real it's something like music in film and television is something that could very easily be just like oh we we just don't have to put a lot into that but when shows really try to make it part of the identity of the show I appreciate that so much it's sort of also from a time before the internet flattened musical musical acts totally Uh, where you would hear songs for the first time in snatches and snippets in tv shows and Mm. that was how artists kind of broke out in some yeah. cases you know yeah. and now the internet is the the great unifier for i'd say for worse not for better yeah in terms of how people find new media and find mm. new things whereas skins for example is full of these delightful accidents you know yeah. like brilliant little tunes that will it, just stick it does feel like stuff they've all gotten off limewire mm. like yeah. in yeah. anwar's birthday episode where his stupid uncle is dj oh my and God. Playing yeah old, like old shit and then is it Chris takes over and puts on a little drum and bass? Yeah, yeah. And they're losing their shit to the drum and oh, bass. Oh, the and fact feels... that they all love drum and bass is yeah, so yeah. funny because that's so of that, like a little bit before. I went to my cousin's wedding in, in like 2012 and she's a bit older than me, but like her husband was a, uh, did some like DJing mm. and their wedding reception was just grime. Nice. And two-step. <laughs> and it was just like amazing wedding. Yeah. Everybody was loving it. It was yeah. the, the most active dance we've ever seen in a wedding. Like, and yeah, so cool. yeah, and, and yeah. there's there's that bit at the posh girl t- oh my god party where she's like, we're going to get so crazy on yeah. my face. <laughs> she's like, it's gonna be allowed to jump on my face. Jump on my face. And Tony's like, okay. That party, it's when they walks in, she's like, she's so <laughs> funny, so funny. Like it's just, do you know what it is? The thing about skins is that it's a show of just such attention to detail mm. in absolutely mm. everything it does, and I think that's what is enduring about it like a very complete world totally like cassie's like i will never forget seeing cassie wearing her watch on her ankle for the first time yeah. and just being like of course she do that of course there's, mad bitch of course like queen well like, done what a look there's so much care in what's happening in the background of scenes yeah mm. you know? all the extras are like, good like mm. there's yeah. things happening there's instruction it's realistic it's not just like oh some people walking by it's like people mm. doing stuff doing stuff getting doing, sick doing normal like, teenage stuff all their bedrooms feel lived in they're yeah, all, they're yeah. Like, they're like, like saved by the bell bedrooms you know Sid's bedroom so disgusting I think when you I wonder how the page three model felt about being on his wall for yeah, oh my you know? gosh. I'm like, oh yeah, things that age skins in a mad way. Sid is having a wank to a magazine. Yep. Yeah. That's something like, 
I, I don't. Yeah, it's probably a very offensive like uh, name of, of the magazine. It absolutely is. What yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, but their phones, like, there's there's a bit where Sid is looking at pictures of Michelle, and I'm like, oh you might as well be looking at a Bitmoji. Like, you cannot see brick wall. See her. Yeah. And then he has her as his wallpaper. As his yeah. wallpaper. And the screen's, like, that big, and yeah. it's a flip phone. And even, like, Cassie's flip phone has, like, loads of little stickers all over it, and those little dang Charms, yeah, yeah. And it's just... Everything feels so lived in. Their clothes feel lived in, and like for some of the lads, really dirty. Like the girl, like their bedrooms, their houses, their kitchens. They're everything's just so realistic for like we live in a deeply set dressed world. Yeah, yeah. and we're we're doing it ourselves. Yeah, now. we are. Like I'm like staring at a monstera, thinking this. I'm just like yeah. plants. Even yeah. you know everything that we have around us in our homes is in some capacity designed to be a backdrop for a photograph Absolutely. or a potential backdrop to a photograph that is intended to meet a certain standard. Mm. Like millennial homes as. Uh, retail environments is a whole thing right yeah. that we look like shops if you like not fucking mine but <laughs> yeah. what, what, what we should look like mm. is shops and um, skins is from before that yeah so the lived in environments are full All of tiny pine kitchens yeah just mm-hmm. ordinary like, details yeah. homes as a site of living not a site of performance mm-hmm. and uh, even though all of the rooms are built to be looked at and the details enrich the world mm. they're not meant to be the, li- the lives are aspirational yeah. not the homes yeah. it's not materialistic in yeah. that way it is literally not selling you anything it's not se- it's, it's trying yeah. to sell you drugs it's trying to sell you drugs like telling you an experience which is it's like glow sticks and is... fucking Mitsubishis but it's yeah. not like that's true selling though. you objects it's not selling yeah. you plants it's not selling you coffee it's, uh-huh. it's not selling you a um uh, no like one it, has any. Oh it's just God, making you want to take a shower. Yeah, no, nobody yeah. has. Drink, a, drink a pint of water on. Yeah, like, like, hydrate. All yeah. their we're like all right. All their phones are <laughs> shit. Yeah, some of them don't have phones. Like some of them, you know, even broad city and stuff like that. Their apartments, their clothes, uh, their lifestyles. Like even for something that is chaotic and about messiness, mm. it is laid out in a way that is aesthetically pleasing and yeah. geared towards purchased you yeah. know and like there were lots of lots of television shows like that um and skins is before everyday photography as just a part of our lifestyle mm. so certainly there are a clutch of photos here and there of me as a teen maybe one or two taken at antics uh if you were at antics mm. in 2008 with me no you weren't <laughs> that much. but there are tiny relics whereas everything we do now is for a relic yeah everything we every object that we place in an environment plants is my main thing to point out mm. like there's no fucking house plants in these shows do you know what i mean no, like there's no house plants. Do, you, do, you know, do you know what the aesthetic of this show is and it really fits in with channel four it's mm. come dime at me yeah oh. like, you walk into someone's house and oh it's God. normal sometimes it's a bit shitty looking and even sometimes when it's done up really well it's dated by the fact that it is you know all pine or purple like and silver purple yeah. and silver yeah. or like the you know wallpaper halfway up and, and just stuff that back is, then to look like, at a nice home you had to buy a copy of good homes yeah so you had to whereas now and there were choices made it wasn't mm. paint everything white and put a p- few plants and in. stuff was fucking expensive whereas yeah. now it's it, you can very cheaply emulate 
yeah, magazine yeah. environments. So the scruffiness and the dirt and the normalness of the homes mm. is relaxing yeah, to look at. It is. It's I feel lovely. like they weren't resetting scenes. Like no. they were just like, yeah, no. oh, this is our location. Yeah, I'd say they, we they were people's homes. I feel like yeah. they didn't clean those bed sheets in the entire no. four years hair filming no. show. No. no fucking way. And it's that, it's just that kind of layer of grime on everything that you see and everything that's done. Like, it it just makes it such a, like, a tactile world mm. to be in. Because we lived in it as well, do you know? Like, we all had... Normal homes. Normal mm. homes yeah. that weren't... Oh, we went um, to house parties in normal homes. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, it, now it looks to us like maximalism. You know, it, it yeah, doesn't... It, kind it, of it looks like yeah. a choice. Mm. But it was just normal. It was just... Yeah. Which is so nice. It's it, it's it, it, That was part of it that I found really refreshing. That people weren't afraid to make an aesthetic choice right which is what's happening when people are dressing themselves in this show which mm. we have really bodied them for but they are making choices <laughs> they are wearing color for god's sake and i know i'm sitting here in a pair of jeans and a gray top like fucking mark zuckerberg or something <laughs> but it, i mean this is just easy work suck you look but, sick yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like people are making choices people are being expressive and you see that in the parents and how they're designing the house because they're only dressing for themselves and each other they're not dressing it's just for the broadcast it's not yeah. on the internet which yeah. is how no, the children dress now yeah that i say it's i'm so eight years old um yeah it's 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 from a yeah i i feel the 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 sort of the wobbliness and the dizziness and the vertigo of age and of time passing and looking at it mm. and i'm not going to say it was a simpler time because it fucking wasn't mm-hmm. um not at all and nor did they have did when we were teenagers did we have it easier than teenagers do now we just had it no. different um but on an aesthetic level i find it very comforting because mm. it's nice to look back and think oh yeah instead of looking around at pop culture now and exquisitely designed rooms on Instagram and feeling um, inadequate. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the comparison just isn't there. Like, yeah. The, like Michelle feels she compares herself to the posh girl, but like in a very different, very different way. way. Very it's different about way. the relationship and like yeah. wanting Tony's attention. Mm. It's not like, and it's oh, about her being hotter. Yeah. Not her looking able better to make herself or, yeah. hotter through Exactly. Money. It's not like, oh, she does this and that. It's like, is she, is she hotter? Yeah. Is she hotter? Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, in some ways it was a simpler time because to be hotter than you are in 2008 was literally just to wear a little bit less clothes and nobody thought about it. I didn't have to go to a gym and like, like yeah, the, the kids do now. Exactly. all going to the gym and shit. You weren't like, watching four hours of how to do your makeup before you did your no. makeup. You were just putting on some very pretty You put on your, your, your dream map mousse and you got your tits out and you went to the disco. There's a really interesting bit in the first episode of Generation 2 where Emily and her sister... Um, Katie, Katie are getting dressed and Katie steals her clothes mm. and then you think and they're like you think they're getting ready to go and then they sit at the door and they've put on a full face of very heavy makeup in between you're like like yeah. Michelle, Jal, Cassie never wore that much makeup no never. no even like, Michelle didn't yeah Michelle would wear a light red lip gloss <laughs> and black eyeliner under black eyeliner yeah, yeah. black eyeliner and like complete spider eyes with the with the mascara and she was Ready, ready to roll to fucking go ready and she felt like the fucking hottest shit in the world and in that way yeah simpler time I would love to go back I, I mean teens I'd, in the gym is what spooks me teens now. in the gym yeah. teens contouring you, teens like your face their is fine. lips done oh don't no. don't Amelia I'm so sadness are they 
Apparently oh boy. I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the teens are doing. I'm teens. If you're listening. <laughs> Which of course they are. Are you getting your lips done? <laughs> we need got, to know. If you got your lips <laughs> done, right in. Yeah. Um, can I ask what everyone's most skins party memory is? I don't of know if I can answer life. that question. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> within, within, long beep here, long redacted we here. Don't, we don't need details. Just I'd like to... I just think mine is so boring because I like didn't really know people did did drugs when I went to college okay but I did used to have a friend now I will say this is very like privilege in the corner I had a friend who had a pool hey! oh! and he had a pool house hey! and it was wild <laughs> like insane like literally I remember like he but I just remember he like invited us over to a party and we were like, what the fuck? And it was like insanity. There were so many people there. He was um, quite flamboyant. Mm-hmm. And he used to ha- make us all ha- like, he used to have these parties and he had this like sluts and slappers party. Oh yeah, back in Halloween. the days when you could have and sluts e- Yeah. And like, Man, I haven't heard the word slapper in years. Bring everyone, that back. Yeah, and everyone, we were so young, like 17, 16, 17, like fridges full of alcohol. Everyone getting drunk and going swimming. Oh my god! Gatsby just like mm-hmm. just yeah, it gives me shivers. Ma- I, I just can feel that hangover. Like I can taste that hangover. Standing there, just like looking around. No, we didn't get hung- hangover. Oh, Sarah, children! Yeah, we didn't get hangover. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get hangover. <laughs> there was no hangover. Your livers were in such a good nick. Yeah. yeah and I just remember, really and I remember going into school on the Monday, and us all being like, "How do we convince him to have another party? Yeah. <laughs> How can we make this happen again?" Did. He had like three or four, but like nothing wasn't as wild as that. It was everyone in there like tiny. Halloween costume stripping off and getting in the pool and the pool everyone just getting with each other in the pool oh nice and just it being like mind blowing that's amazing I love that as a memory I love that for you (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of any like pre-watershed I do have a particularly gross one on the frame end if you want to hear like my darkest hour Um, (laughs) this isn't fully my darkest hour but it's among top five darkest hours I went to a small enough house party Uh, one of the groups of lads that I hung around with I was dating one of them on and off for a couple of years and uh, the house party started out kind of comparatively normal about 10 people just drinking until somebody produced a bottle of tequila or two out of the you know the press somebody's parents had them and their shot glasses they were drinking from were like these tall you know the tall ones they're Elvis ones Mm. and um there are there were a handful of photographs from that night and one of them um my head is on i passed out upright in the shoulders head on the table mm. tin is a fucking whip mm. and my ex-boyfriend um boyfriend is such a strong word um lover this gentleman <laughs> this person i used to go with uh, had his arm around me and a big thumbs up right in front of my passed out face oh god and um all the, the, all the photos from that night I remember I remember the, the digital camera in question and the memory card being banished because the photos were so like people walking around their jocks and motorcycle helmets one of the lads rattled the bottle of coke so hard that he turned it into a full fountain and covered the kitchen love it I woke up the next morning on the sofa sort of braided into the, the lad I was on and off with um, with little to no memories and uh, had pulled myself somebody had somebody had thoughtfully left a roll of plastic bags 
in the living room where I was asleep um, for me to throw up into. I don't know why the bags were there, but I'm very glad. Oh, I did spend the end of the party. That's what a lad would do. They yeah. would get you a bucket or no, a no, bowl. No, no, no. Roll a bag. I did spend the end of the... My last memory before waking up is lying on the bathroom floor, listening to people playing Rock Lobster downstairs, <laughs> and everything spinning so hard, yeah. and not being able to get up. Like, you know when you're completely... Dist- your gravity is like gone yeah so then I wake up and I need to vomit I really need to vomit and uh, there's a roll of plastic bags and I rip one off and I vomit it's clear the ba- the plastic bag oh, is clear God. and everybody else has by now assembled in the kitchen because I was completely unconscious uh, assembled in the kitchen with a fry so I can hear the fry and I can hear everyone kind of talking and being hungover and I have a very large bin bag full of yellow liquid, oh yellow vomit, gosh. tequila vomit, because I wasn't obviously wasn't eating; I was just drinking. Yeah. Uh, which I then have to walk into the kitchen oh. to dispose of in the garden. So yeah. not only was I emerging from like being the person who passed out on the bathroom floor uh, and then disappeared into a living room with her on and off boyfriend. Mm. Um, and uh, I was then the person who You're had to... You're also probably the only girl at the party, right? I was one of the girls. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, I think, got me off the bathroom floor. Uh, and to be fair to my ex-boyfriend, God, I feel like we, we just slept next to each other, to be fair to, be yeah. fair to him. Yeah. Um, he did... I think he kind of just made sure that I didn't vomit in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> giving him credit where he's due. Um, walked the large clear bag of vomit into the kitchen and got a big round of applause. And they all clapped. <laughs> a big round of applause for being a disgusting bitch who yeah. threw up into it. Like a black plastic bag would have been fine. Kudos it's you very, get very clear plastic bag. Yeah. Very skins. Yeah. It was disgusting. That could be a scene like. It was I was and it would just be a background scene of like something else is happening. So yeah, yeah. absolutely scaldy little bag. Dragging her puke bag through the kitchen while everyone else is having a conversation yeah. over breakfast. Like absolutely, um, I still cannot put my face near tequila 13 years later. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm back there. I'm back there. The tall shot glasses are what stand in my memory. Mm. They were too tall. I think the one I can tell is... Um, <laughs> Uh, so there was this girl kind of in the wider group whose house had a barn out cool. the back and I don't know like somehow someone built a stage in the barn and she was like uh, and I was hanging around with kind of people who would have been in bands and stuff at the time and she was like gonna have a big party for my 17th maybe 18th no 17th and she was like come on out tell your parents yeah this was key Tell your parents my parents are going to be there because they were there, but they were in the house. We we're all in the barn, and her parents didn't give a shit. Right, and so any parents who wanted to ring, um, like my mom rang the, her parents, and her mom was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's just yeah, we've got bedrooms here. It should be absolutely fine. It should be fine." And I was like, "Fucking get in! What a legend!" So I show up. I was going out with one of the guys in one of the bands at the time. So that was immediately like. God, what a life I'm living. Wow. I'm <laughs> going to my boyfriend's gig. And um, they played and that was fine. And then there was like DJing and stuff and that was fine. But there was just at some point in the night, I remember just sort of looking around and thinking, oh, there are no adults. And we're all really out of our fucking minds. Like I wasn't taking drugs, but some people were. I think, yeah. Um, and... <laughs> I just sort of like curled up <laughs> on some coats mm. <laughs> in a barn mm-hmm. um, while, like you, Sarah, the world Left, was yeah, just the world just 
the axis yeah. of it was none. Do you know what that's because of alcohol gets into your inner ear? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's so horrible. Yeah, yeah. And but it was also like I really wasn't that far away from the DJ who just played all night. <gasps> the and noise. Just, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And I was like, I, I need to move, but I can't move. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to go home. Um and <clears throat> the next day I woke up and it was a bit like like I, I remember that moment when Cassie gets up out of the um after the food fight thing yeah. and she's walking through the house and it's this like really beautiful disgusting kind of thing gothic in, gothic, in, in, yeah. in that way um and I do remember getting up the next day and just seeing people like lying in their own vomit and oh like lads who had like were, were completely naked in some way or like shit drawn on them oh so many like, people drawing on each other yeah yeah like one of the girls had like dickhead written across her forehead unbelievable which I later learned one of the other girls had done and like it was it was a joyous kind of thing to to know what my limit was in terms of like how scaldy I was willing to go at that age and I think that that was capacity. it yeah that was it that was as scaldy as I was willing to go I was really happy I didn't take any drugs but uh, and I also didn't have any hangover and I just went into her house I was the first person up and I was like good morning Mrs. Beep and um she was like oh hello and she have a nice night and I was like yeah 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 um I have to uh, go home though because I'm I'm <laughs> helping my mom with something she was like okay make a cup of tea for yourself there and I'll uh, I'll drive you into town and I was just I was out of there before anyone was even up that's was, making out of yeah. a party like a fucking oh, bandit gone. unbelievable gone like, I learned just that early waking got up home, and being like got into the shower great didn't do any drugs did nothing's yet like the the escape I know is the yeah. best yeah, yeah, like, still story. live for it yeah. live for it Alan, skin's um. moment. <laughs> oh, there's nothing. Definitely not, not from, from teenage years. I remember we went to a party in Dublin when I was 16 and we like, one of my friends was dating some like a posh girl from Dublin. So we went up to this party Ooh. and it was like a stage in the garden with a band playing pop punk wow. situation. Wow. And like, like guys wandering around topless and random other people from Waterford there you're like how did you, hey, hear? How did you hear about yeah. this <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then the, but there was this one guy who was like lizard kinging around the place oh yeah but then three weeks later he was in the in the Daily Mirror because he got 900 points in his even search <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yes good. Minton yeah, exactly. yeah Dublin Dublin's weird because this, mm. this was all happening to me in Navin I think if it was happening in Dublin I just wouldn't have gone to the parties like I, yeah. Dublin was a different vibe I, I went to a couple of Dublin parties um, when I was a teenager and I was like no this shit's intense I did a lot of walk-in walkouts there's cocaine here yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of walk-in walkouts did yeah. a lot this is why I'm a smoker like yeah. you know yeah. you can yeah. exit any room get, in the get fucking the fuck world if you have a box of smokes on you it's yeah. a Incre- it's a key to any door. Yeah, I'm just going out for a smoke, and then yeah. you never come back. Yeah, you just go home. You yeah. get the bus. You leave. Yeah. Oh my god, oh. I'm so glad that I'm old. I am so Me finished. Too. I am so yeah. done. I think that's like the perfect like final note on mm-hmm. skins. Is I'm so glad I'm in my thirties. Like <sighs> Love I just it. the joy of getting home at. 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock and just curling up sometimes I have a shower before I go to bed making myself a little sandwich having a pint of water and a sandwich sometimes I drink non-alcoholic beer even if I don't have to and just drive home even when I'm not driving the freedom the freedom okay that, I think that's wow. that's a long one. What a what a, what a bumper, yeah, Andrea! Yeah, yeah. Please, where can we find your stuff? Oh you yeah, um, I've got a podcast with Tall Tales called My Favorite Album. Uh, not very dissimilar to this podcast, actually. <laughs> I imagine it was Juvenalia, but it's just about albums. Um, and season one of that is out now. Season two will return in um, January. I do a music podcast with Nyler Nine, which you can find on your streaming stuff. 
Um, what else do I do? I have a newsletter, andrea.cleary.ghost.io, and I'm on Twitter, um, but don't... I'm on Instagram, actually. I'm going to do a great on it. Don't find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. I, w- I will accept your follow, but no one's allowed to see my shit these days. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Amelia. I'm everywhere, at Amelia a- Amy Jane. Said that with confidence. And you can find my podcast lately everywhere. Sarah. I'm Sarah. I'm at Griffsky on Twitter, but it's bad out there. So follow me at Sarah Griffsky on Instagram. Um, I have a Patreon, which I am reawakening, um, called Zine Club at patreon.com forward slash zine club, where you get zines in the post. And my books, Other Words for Smoke and Sparing Fan Parts, should be in all good bookstores. Alan McGuire. I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Juvenalia where we are going to start doing bonus episodes again. We have a load of them up there mm, and we have more coming. Yeah, yeah, more coming this We've talked about what we've started and finished in the previous two weeks. Oh. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork. Thanks, Dee. Thank you to Amelia for producing this episode Thanks, as Amelia. well. Thanks, Amelia. And thank you to Cassie and Tall Tales for having us. Oh, I love Cassie. you, Cassie. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.